Play and Review, Tim Speaking to the Blind, celebrating 40 years of audio newspaper production. Welcome to this week's edition of the Guttenkill Herald Podcast, recorded at the Bishop Legs Media Centre by our amazing volunteers. You can get in touch with us via Facebook, Twitter or Instagram using at Tune Review. That is at symbol C-U-E-A-N-E-R-E-V-I-E-W. You can also contact us directly by emailing information at tunereview.com. That is I-N-F-O-R-M-A-T-I-O-N at symbol C-U-E-A-N-E-R-E-V-I-E-W dot C-O-M. Or by calling 0141-772-3976. That's 0141-772-3976. This week's podcast, date Wednesday the 1st of November, is read to you by Alan, Corey, Hunter and Ian. Jewel Crook avoids prison. A carpet cleaner who stole £22,500 worth of jewellery from three customers has avoided jail. Craig Friel, 23, pinched at items from properties in Kirkintillock and Bishop Briggs. Friel, of Kirkintillock, was working his, for his father's business, W. Friel & Son, at the time in October 2021. He later sold the items, including two rings, to a pawnbroker's in Cumbernauld, North Lanarkshire, and pocketed £2,763. First offender Friel pled guilty at Glasgow Sheriff Court to three charges of theft. The court was told that two of the victims got their money back through their insurance. Sheriff Gerard Constantine ordered Friel to pay back one of his victims £7,500 in compensation. An early hearing was told that Friel appeared with his dad, William, at the first property in Kirkintillock on October the 5th. Prosecutor Sean Doherty said, They came to carry out carpet cleaning work and the work was carried out. The homeowner then went on holiday for two weeks and returned home to find Julie missing from her bedroom. Mr Doherty said she was not aware of anyone else being in the bedroom other than her family and the carpet cleaners. Friel and William attended another job in Bishop Briggs on October 13. The homeowner at that address initially was not aware anything was missing from their home. The pair then attended a third address in Kirkintillock on October the 25th. Mr Doherty said The carpet cleaning work was carried out and later that day the homeowner realised jewellery was missing from her bedroom. The police were contacted and they asked Friel to attend a station, which he did. Friel immediately confessed to the officers that he had taken the jewellery. Mr Doherty said he stated he pawned the items at a pawnbroker's in Cumbernauld. The pawnbroker's confirmed he had attended and pawned various items. The valuation that the pawnbroker gave to Freya was £2,763. All items except two rings valued at £9,750 were recovered. This Week in History, read by me, Ian. November the 2nd, 1950. Irish writer George Bernard Shaw died, age 94. His hobby was tree pruning, which he was doing when he fell and fractured his thigh. He died shortly afterwards. On this day last year, 
The King hosted at Buckingham Palace reception commemorating the 50th anniversary of the resettlement of British Asians from Uganda in the UK. November 3rd, 1868 Republican Ulysses S. Grant was elected President of the USA for the first of his two terms in office. On this day last year, the Bank of England unveiled a 0.75% interest rate rise, the biggest since the 1980s. November the 4th, 1979, Iranian students stormed the US Embassy in Tehran and held more than 60 people hostage. On this day last year, the Prince of Wales announced the finalist for his second Earthshot Prize, with the shortlist including a great bubble barrier to catch plastics before they reach the ocean and a zero-waste city. November the 5th, 1990, Rabbi Mir Kahan, founder of the far-right cash movement, was shot dead after a speech at a New York City hotel. On this day last year, former Prime Minister Sir John Major and Sir Tony Blair hit out at the Crown's depiction of them. November the 6th, 1917, the Third Battle of Ypres ended when the British and Canadian troops captured Passendale Ridge. Volunteers are needed. People are being urged to give the gift of time this winter to take part in the UK's biggest food donation drive. The Tesco Food Collection is taking place in all Tesco stores from November 30th to December 2nd and the Trussell Trust and Fair Share are urging volunteers to sign up to support the event in store. It comes as both charities face their busiest winter yet, with more and more people turning to them for support. The Trussell Trust, which has the largest food bank network in the UK, is expecting to distribute more than 1 million emergency food parcels between December and February, while Fair Share has over 1,500 frontline charities on its waiting list seeking food. Trussell Trust Chief Executive Emma Revy said, This winter is going to be the toughest yet for the food banks in our network, as they will help approximately 600,000 people and provide an emergency parcel every eight seconds. The teams in our food banks are working tirelessly to ensure everyone receives the support they need, but they cannot do it alone. By volunteering at the Tesco Winter Food Collection, you will not only be helping to gather much-needed donations to keep your local food bank going, you'll also be making a real difference to families who cannot afford the essentials in your community. If you can spare a few hours to volunteer, then please do. During the collection, Tesco customers will be encouraged to donate long-life food to support the charities in their work. George Wright, Chief Executive at Fairshare, added, We anticipate need will keep rising as people continue to struggle to afford the essentials this winter. Tesco's support for fair share throughout the cost of living crisis and the last 11 years has been unwavering and we are incredibly grateful for their support in helping drive more donations during what will be a difficult winter for many. Volunteers play a huge role in the success of the Tesco food collection each year. By giving up just three hours of your time, you can make a huge impact. You can sign up to volunteer at the Fair Share website or the Trussell Trust website. Read by Alan Todd. Have your say on heating payment, as recorded by Hunter MacDonald. 
Rona Mackay has asked her constituents to take part in the Scottish Government's consultation on the introduction of a pension age winter heating payment. From winter 2024, the scheme, which will be an annual payment, will replace the UK Government's winter fuel payment in Scotland. The Scottish Government are consulting the public to understand who should be eligible for this payment, when and how it should be delivered, and what measures can be put in place to support those living off the gas grid. Consultation closes on January the 15th, 2024. Miss Mackay is urging local residents to complete the consultation to ensure the payment is as effective as possible in helping pensioners with their winter heating costs. She said, The new payment delivered by the SNP Government will help over a million pensioners in Scotland with their heating costs, including thousands in my own constituency of Strathkelvin and Bearsden. The SNP Government is committed to helping the most vulnerable through the difficult winter period, but it is vital people make their views known of how this payment can best be delivered. Since setting up a devolved social security system with compassion, fairness and respect at its core, 13 benefits, of which 7 are unique to Scotland, have been established. Social Security Scotland is set to deliver £5.3 billion worth in devolved benefits in 2023-24 alone. Supporting over 1.2 million people as the SNP continues to deliver every day for the people of Scotland. Flu vaccinations are now available. Anyone eligible for a flu vaccination who may have missed their appointment allocated at their local NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde Clinic is reminded that appointments and drop-ins are also available at select pharmacies. Anyone aged over 50 years or aged 18 to 49 years with an underlying condition can have their flu vaccine administered at participating pharmacies. In addition, anyone in the following groups can also attend one of the listed local community pharmacies for their flu vaccination. NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde frontline staff, care home staff or provide care at home teacher or member of school support staff and prison staff member. Dr Amelia Crichton, Director of Public Health for the Health Board said, Vaccination is required every year because flu viruses are constantly changing. Scotland is the only nation offering a free flu vaccination to all those aged 50 to 64 this winter and the vaccines offered will give you the best possible protection against the viruses likely to be circulating this winter. Adults aged 16 to 18 years who remain in secondary education will not be vaccinated in community pharmacy. This cohort will be picked up by the school health service. If they may have missed their school appointment, there's still an opportunity to receive this as flu season runs through to the end of March 2024. Flu vaccines are available to purchase privately for those not eligible under the national programme and many employers offer vaccination. Climate training. Organisations and individuals who want to learn more about what they can do to reduce the effects of the climate crisis and take action in their local community can now access specialist training via Eastern Bartonshire Council. The Council are working in partnership with Eastern Bartonshire Voluntary Action, EDVA, to deliver carbon literacy training, which is funded by the UK Government's Shared Prosperity Fund and delivered by Keep Scotland Beautiful. 
The free training will enable local communities to learn more, find out how to mitigate risks and develop knowledge on how to tackle key elements of the climate crisis in their everyday lives. Upon completion, participants will receive a certificate from the Carbon Literacy Trust. Training can be delivered in person or online. Contact sustainability at eastumbarton.gov.uk Pupils recognise with awards? More than 150 top-performing students at St Ninian's High School were recognised at their annual award ceremony last week. Shathkelvin and Bearsden MSP, Rona Mackay, along with Eastern Partnership MP, Amy Callahan, were there to congratulate the prize winners for academic excellence and success, subject champions, house awards and wider achievements, along with special prizes for outstanding service to the school. This year's Head Teacher's Award has gone to Cole Barr, who set an example to others by the way he showed commitment and drive to make a success of S6. Rona said she was honoured to recognise young achievers and talent at the school. SPT want to hear input. Strathclyde Partnership for Transport has launched a public and stakeholder consultation to help shape the future of active travel in the west of Scotland. Working in partnership with Transport Scotland and Sustrains, Scotland's Places for Everyone programme, SPT hopes the consultation will play a key role in the development of its regional active travel strategy. SPT Chairman, Councillor Stephen Dornan, said, By better understanding people's views on active travel and knowing more about the barriers and obstacles they face while doing so, we can start to look at solutions which will help more people choose to complete more of their journeys by active modes. I encourage everyone to participate in the consultation by completing the survey and attending our online webinar to help shape the future of how our communities see active travel can include and benefit everyone. A public and stakeholder consultation has now launched to seek views on existing problems and barriers relating to walking, wheeling and cycling, along with the potential opportunities that could be realised in the future. The consultation is formed of a digital and printable survey supported by an online story map and online workshop. More details can be found on the SPT website, search SPT Active Travel Strategy. The survey is open for responses until November 12th. SPT has appointed consultant Sweco to lead development of its Regional Active Travel Strategy, ATS, and Network and Infrastructure Delivery Plan, DP. The ATS and DP will play a key role in delivering SPT's recently published Regional Transport Strategy, A Call to Action, 2023-2038, particularly with respect to enhancing social inclusion, lowering transport emissions and promoting health and well-being. You can access the survey by visiting the SPT website. New EV fleet for the NHS NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde has taken a major step forward on its road to net zero with the arrival of NHS Scotland's first fully electric 16.7 tonne truck and a full fleet of electric smart cars. The truck, a Volvo FL Electric, is the first of its kind to be used by any health board in Scotland and is one of two joining the NHS GGC fleet. Alongside the delivery of the 17 smart cars, 
Number One eCars. It represents an investment of more than £760,000 in green transport and marks a significant milestone in the Health Board's commitment to sustainable transport, Paul Reid, Head of Transport and Travel for NHS GGC, said. The delivery of these new e-vehicles is a great moment for us. The e-Volvo trucks will be used to transport laundry between our hospital sites and the Health Board Central Laundry Unit in Hillington, Glasgow, while the new smart cars will replace a range of existing pool cars that are used in a number of roles by our staff. The smart car comes with a range of 260 miles from full charge, which will help help staff carry out community-based patient care in a zero-emissions car. The significance of this latest procurement by NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde cannot be underestimated and, as well as being a considerable financial investment, it represents a huge step forward in our sustainable transport goals. The latest arrival of electric vehicles is part of a wider five-year climate change and sustainability strategy, which was officially launched last month. Martin Johnson, Head of Sustainability at the Health Board, said, Sustainability is already central to a huge amount of work we do here at NHS GGC, and we have made real strides towards our net zero targets and wider environmental goals. The arrival of these new vehicles is one of the clearest demonstrations yet of the Health Board's commitment to sustainability and net zero, in transport and in services across NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde. The Health Board's strategy sets out its plans to tackle the climate emergency and pathway towards net zero, heat greenhouse gas, GHG, emissions by 2038 and an overall position of net zero by 2040. Festive fun at Kirkie's Fair. You'll be sure of a warm welcome at the Old Kirk Museum in Kirkintilla as the popular Christmas Art and Craft Exhibition returns for 2023. Visitors will be offered a gift-wrapped opportunity to peruse a range of potential presents. The exhibition begins on Saturday, November the 4th, with the official opening taking place at 2.30pm. All welcome. This year's guest artist is Denise Chateau-Loney, Denise, who lives in Watson Mulgai, is a botanical artist and bookbinder working with eco-printing and watercolours. As always, there will be an interesting selection of unique and unusual gifts, including a wide range of handmade jewellery, ceramics, soaps, candles, woodwork and textiles from both local and national craft makers. The Old Kirk Museum is open every week, Tuesday to Saturday from 10am to 1pm and 2 to 5pm. The exhibition, which is free to enter, is on until December the 20th. Plea from Charity Bernardo Scotland is calling on the nation to hand in any pre-loved items to raise vital funds to support the most vulnerable children and families this winter. The leading children's charity is especially on the lookout for good quality women's wear and men's wear to be brought along to any of their 60 plus stores in Scotland. Martin Crewe, director of Bernardo Scotland, said, With Christmas not too far away, we suspect a lot of households in Scotland will be wanting to do something of a pre-festive clear-out, and that's where Bernardo's comes in. We would love to receive your pre-loved goods, especially all types of clothing. You can bring your items along to any of our stores, and our team will be more than grateful to take them off your hands. 
visit shop.bernardos.org.uk forward slash donations. Prisoner to be assessed. A rapist who claims his victims conspired to have him convicted is to be assessed by a psychiatrist before being sentenced. Ryan Harrower still insists that he is innocent despite being found guilty by a jury of brutally raping an eight-year-old girl and verbally, physically and sexually abusing three women over a 12-year period. The 34-year-old sex offender, currently a prisoner at Lomoss Bishop Briggs, was due to be sentenced at the High Court in Livingston last week. Judge Lord Lake told Harrower via a video link from the prison that he was facing a significant custodial sentence in order to protect the public from harm in future, despite his protestations of innocence. However, the judge agreed with the defence that a psychiatric report would help risk assessors determine what future threat the accused might pose to public safety. He told Harrower, I'm not going to go over the detail of your crimes in open court, but one of the rapes was particularly disgusting because of the vulnerability of your victim. That you have presented a danger in the past is clear from your previous convictions. I'm concerned you should not be in a position to offend again. You should have no more victims. He said Harrower's victims had given evidence against him with great courage and the extent of just how long-lasting their suffering had been was revealed to the court in their victim impact statements. He added that it was of particular concern that Harrower's views that his victims were conspiring against him was deeply ingrained and resistant to change. He considered that expert medical opinion was necessary to address social workers' concerns about Harrower's deviant sexual tendencies, which would not be met by simply sentencing him to a lengthy, determinate prison term. He added, It might be appropriate to impose a sentence in terms which you will not be released until there's a clear medical view that you don't present a risk. For that reason, I've decided it's appropriate to make a risk assessment order to assess what your risk what risk you're being at liberty presents to the public at large. He adjourned the case until 18th January at Glasgow High Court to allow the defence time to provide an in-depth psychiatric report. NHS want to hear from you. The NHS Greater Glasgow and Clyde is carrying out an engagement and feedback exercise about its GP out of our service. And the Health Board is asking people from across the area it served for help with their input. The current model for this service delivers an average of 15,000 GP out of our service appointments every month. And recent engagement figures show that 93% of those who have accessed the service said it met their needs. However, health board bosses say they need to keep improving the service in order to create a robust and sustainable model that continue to meet patients' needs into the future. A spokeswoman said, and what we need for that is the views of the people we care for. You can help shape the future of the service by taking five minutes to complete the health board survey by heading to www.nhsggc.scot forward slash gpooh forward slash engagement. Plan to ease the strain. £50 million to tackle winter pressure. A £50 million funding boost for Scottish Ambulance Service recruitment and up to £12 million to expand hospital at home 
are among measures to support the country's health and care system this winter. The Scottish Government and COSLA's Joint Winter Plan has identified new funding for SES to support work already underway to recruit a further 317 frontline staff to help increase capacity to emergency response. It will also see 18 additional clinicians working in the call centre hub who, through additional triage, can offer patients alternative treatment routes in cases which are not time critical, reducing the number of hospital admissions. The expansion of hospital at home, which enables people to be treated at home rather than on a ward, is intended to deliver at least 380 additional beds this winter, significantly increasing capacity. The Scottish Government has been working closely with COSLA, Health and Social Care Partnerships and NHS boards on a number of further measures to ensure they are prepared for the winter. This includes a delayed discharge action plan and improvements to the reporting of data to better identify specific areas for further support or escalation. Health Secretary Michael Matheson said, Our highly skilled and committee workforce are the cornerstone of our response every winter, both in health and social care. I am extremely grateful for their continued hard work and dedication in the face of sustained pressure. As we approach the winter period, their efforts will be vital in ensuring we deliver high quality care. We are in no doubt that this winter will be extremely challenging. Our winter plan builds on the lessons we have learned from previous years. Our whole system approach is based on ensuring people can access the care that is right for them, at the right time and in the right place. Our additional investment of up to £12 million to expand the hospital at home service will allow people to receive treatments in the comfort of their own home and, crucially, will help reduce pressure on our A&E departments. As a result of our significant investment of over £15 million, an additional 1,000 nurses, midwives and allied health professionals from overseas have joined NHS Scotland in the last two years to bolster our existing workforce this winter. Our £50 million funding boost for the Scottish Ambulance Service will also help tackle an increased demand and support ongoing recruitment to drive up capacity for emergency response. A record number of additional staff have been recruited to the SES in the last three years, with 1,388 people joining since 2020. Hospital at home enables people to receive treatments that would otherwise require them to be admitted to hospital such as an intravenous drips. The purpose is to reduce admissions. Winter deaths. Between December last year and March this year, 24,427 deaths were registered in Scotland. It represents the highest number of winter deaths in over 30 years, according to the National Records of Scotland. The statistics also show an increase of 4,137 additional deaths in winter, compared with non-winter periods. Considerably larger than the previous winter, it is still lower than 2017-18 and 2020-21. Daniel Burns, NRS Head of Statistics, said, These figures show winter deaths are at their highest level since since 1989-90. The cause of death with the largest seasonal increase was dementia and Alzheimer's, accounting for 640 additional deaths. Airways for Care Children's Hospices across Scotland, CHAS, has renewed its partnership with the UK's largest regional airline, Logan Air, for a third consecutive year. 
It enables the delivery of specialist nursing care to families who live in remote locations and are unable to travel to the charity's two children's hospices. Logan Air has been working with CHAZ since 2021 to provide free flights. The airline has also raised more than £17,000 for the charity. Lara MacDonald from CHAZ said, We are thrilled that Logan Air has extended the partnership once again. Logan Air has been an exceptional support over the last two years, providing free flights for our CHAZ at home nurses to visit families in the most remote areas of the country and organising two Easter flights to enable children who have never flown before to have this experience and create wonderful memories. Firestorm now brewing for emergency service. An explosive report published by the Fire Brigades Union has exposed the crisis facing the Scottish Fire and Rescue Service. Firestorm, a report into the future of the SFRS states a combination of cuts, lack of recruitment, the crisis on the on-call service, declining training standards and the climate emergency have created the perfect firestorm. Since its inception just over a decade ago, the SFRS has cut over 1,200 jobs with fire service bosses predicting another 780 could go due to a five-year flat cash budget settlement from the Scottish Government. This year alone has seen 10 fire appliances plus a number of additional high-reach vehicles and the permanently crewed river rescue boat on the Clyde withdrawn, leaving communities with a reduced emergency cover. This comes at a time when incident response times are rising and firefighters are expected to deal with an increased number of wildfires and floods. The Firestorm report identifies a service in crisis with insufficient staffing levels, inadequate and out-of-date equipment, crumbling infrastructure, falling training standards and an ageing workforce. And the Fire Brigades Union said all of these issues are being ignored by the country's political leaders. John Mackenzie, FBU Scottish Secretary, said The State of the Nation report paints a damning picture of underinvestment, declining standards and job losses, all of which, all of which increases the risk to firefighters and the public we serve. We cannot go on like this. Our members and the public have had enough. If the Scottish Fire and Rescue Service is to meet the challenges of our times, we need immediate and radical change, and this report sets out what that should look like. This report is full of ideas that would help reverse the catastrophic decline in a once-proud service. There are over 50 recommendations that have come from those who know the service best, the firefighters who work on the front line in our stations and control rooms. They want to be the best that they can be, trained to the highest possible standards, to have the required resources to respond quickly to emergencies and be paid appropriately for the stressful work that they do. Over the last decade, we have been failed by political leaders who have tried to ignore this crisis. They cannot ignore us now. The FBU is currently consulting members over strike action. They took their fight to the Scottish Parliament last week staging a demo as the report was published. Ross Haggart, SFRS Chief Officer, said the service would take time to give full and proper consideration to the contents of the report. He added, We have been clear that we must modernise as a service to ensure we are best placed to meet the changing risk and demand we face across Scotland, while also addressing our ongoing financial challenges. 
Any permanent changes now or in the future will only be made following full engagement and consultation with all our stakeholders, including the Fire Brigade's union. A Scottish Government spokesperson said it would continue engaging with the FBU to discuss its concerns. We want people to enjoy a safe bonfire night. Police Scotland will be deploying public order officers in support of community policing teams on bonfire night. Since 2018, specialist resources have supported local officers across the country as part of Operation Moonbeam, following significant disorder and antisocial behaviour in 2017, which saw members of the emergency services, including police officers, attacked. Last year, parts of the country were subjected to unacceptable levels of firework-related criminality, which resulted in high-value damage to property and distress in communities. In response to this, more officers are being deployed during Operation Moonbeam 2023 to provide further support and protection to their own colleagues, other emergency service workers and the general public. Last October, new legislation was introduced under the Fireworks and Pyrotechnics Articles Scotland Act, which makes the proxy purchasing of fireworks for anyone under the age of 18 a criminal offence. Those in breach of this legislation will be subject to a fine of £5,000, a six-month prison term, or both. Additional legislation under the Act prohibits the carriage or use of a pyrotechnic within a public place and allows officers to conduct a stop and search on anyone they believe may be in possession of such items. Assistant Chief Constable Tim Mears, Operation Moonbeam Commander, said the overwhelming majority of the public wish to enjoy bonfire nights safely and responsibly, but it is a small minority who intentionally use the festivities to cause fear and alarm within our communities and commit acts of damage and violence. I want to make it abundantly clear that such reckless behaviour, including targeting my officers and other emergency service personnel, will not be tolerated and we will use all the powers at our disposal to bring offenders to justice. Last year saw an escalation in incidents in specific parts of the country and we are increasing the level of public order resources available this year to deter and respond to any offences. New powers in relation to proxy purchasing and stop and search capabilities for anyone suspected to be in possession of pyrotechnics in a public place are yet another tool at our disposal to address fireworks related crime. We want Bonfire Night to be safe and enjoyable for anyone who chooses to participate in it and a peaceful occasion for those who don't. Please help us achieve this by ensuring your behaviour does not put yourself or others at risk. Fearless, the youth programme of Crime Stoppers has also launched a campaign to keep teenagers safe and help them look out for their local community. The digital campaign is running across Snapchat, Instagram and TikTok with videos co-produced by the charity's youth volunteers. Lindsay McDade, Crime Stoppers National Youth Projects Coordinator, said, With the dark nights drawing in, it's particularly important that everyone feels safe in their communities. This campaign focuses on providing young people with important information on how they can not only stay safe from harm, but help their community to do so as well. The Herald, serving Kirkintalk and Bishop Briggs, Letters page, Wednesday the 1st of November, Let's Talk. Please send your letters via email to kirkyherald at gnscotland.com.
www.cliffcentral.co.uk Enough is enough. Too many bombs dropped in too many conflicts. Sir, it is imperative cool heads prevail amongst our leaders and we don't allow emotion to cloud our collective judgement when looking at the unfolding tragedy in the Middle East. Look at the numbers. During the Blitz, which lasted from September 1940 to May 1941, 12,000 tons of bombs were dropped on London alone, leading to 30,000 deaths. The four air raids over Dresden conducted by the RAF and USAF between February 13th and 15th, 1945, saw 3,900 tons of explosives dropped, killing 25,000 people. Between 1965 and 1975, the US and its allies unloaded 7.5 million tons of explosive over Vietnam, Laos and Cambodia, which was double that dropped in Europe and Asia during World War II. It is estimated 2 million civilians and up to 1.4 combatants died. In the first Gulf War, 88,500 tons were dropped in Iraq. In the 2003 invasion, 29,199. Numbers for Afghanistan vary. Now, over recent days, the Israeli Air Force has dropped over 12,000 tonnes of explosive on Gaza, which is one quarter the size of London. Zizbe Hotalevi, Israel's ambassador to Britain, told both a Sky News presenter and Piers Morgan in GB News on October the 16th that the Dresden and Hamburg bombings were worth it to defeat the Nazis. This is the same rationale used to defend the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. I would merely point out that on the Clyde we have four Trident submarines with at least one always on patrol. Each sub can carry up to 96 warheads. Each warhead is equivalent to eight Hiroshima bombs with a yield of 100 kilotons. When will our leaders think that enough is enough? Yours etc. Marjorie Ellis Thompson by email. Ferries with the wrong steel, MSPs with the wrong metal. Sir, the Scottish Transport Committee has heard that the wrong type of steel was used on parts of the ill-fated Calmac Ferry, MV Glen Sanox. If truth prevails in its deliberations, the committee will conclude that the wrong class of politician was his core fault. For there was only one key error made, from which all others flowed. The ferry was a grandois bespoke design, when it should have been bought off the peg. The reason... Scotland's ministers and civil servants needed to parade their green virtue in a dual-fuel engine. The requirements of the islanders were furthest from their minds. Scarce wonder our political elite are now hiding behind the mistakes made by the shipyard workers who tried to implement their daft ideas. Scotland's failing political class isn't unique in the UK. The same inflated egos trashed HS2, where Lord Adonis wanted the fastest trains in Europe. Too speedy to bend round obvious obstacles on the route like hills. Devolution was, however, supposed to be different, bringing decision-making closer to the people and making the establishment more accountable. As the ferry farce aptly demonstrates, that ambition is sunk without a trace. Yours, etc. Callum Miller, Address Supplied. Down on the forum. Sir, I had to laugh. Hollywood Secretary for Economy, Fair Work and Culture. What a title. Neil Gray is going to help business. He has published a plan to hold a forum 
and to have that full review to ensure that businesses are consulted. So there you have it. Action by the NSP. Business will truly be helped. Come in, Sir Humphrey Appleby of TV series Yes Minister fame. Yours, etc. Adair Anderson. Address supplied. Floods rise, funds dropped. Sir, the unprecedented and devastating floods in Brecon and beyond have highlighted the importance of having effective emergency services. Yet, the Scottish Government seems intent on blunting the response of these critical services by cutting funding. Both the fire service and police have been forced to introduce cuts to personnel and equipment because of reduced funding, and there has to come a point when lives will be put at risk due to the emergency services' inability to cope. The Government has certainly a large budget deficit to reduce, but it seems that spending on some of the less important issues is sacrosanct at the expense of other services which have more of an impact on our daily lives. Yours etc. Bob McDougall by email. Reader's Charter This newspaper is built in a tradition of accuracy and fairness, giving you the information you need to understand our world, holding power to account and exposing injustice. Our trusty brand means we're the only place where you can read and participate in honest debates. We are committed to giving a voice to those who struggle to be heard, as well as those whose profession is crafting an argument. Our Reader's Charter spells out our commitment to you. You can read the Charter online at kirkyherald at sign jnscotland.co.uk Hidden paths are now mapped out. Rambler Scotland has revealed eight of the country's finest hidden paths all of which have been mapped for the first time thanks to its award-winning Scottish Pass map. The Walking Charities online map features hundreds of previously unmapped trails, including quality paths checked and logged by more than 400 Ramblers volunteers from Shetland to the borders. Launched in 2021, it aims to provide comprehensive coverage of the country's walking routes. Volunteers have already added over 2,800 new paths to the map, totalling around 1,500 miles. Rambler Scotland believes its top 8 hidden trails have never featured on print or online maps before. All are high quality paths that have been checked by Rambler Scotland and they offer attractive walks. Luke Phillips, Mapping Scotland's Path Project Manager said, Rambler Scotland's Scottish Pass map includes many thousands of miles of paths from traffic traffic-free city routes to relaxing walkside trails, as well as all the existing paths that have been checked by volunteers, we're extra excited that the hidden trails have discovered along the way. It's been fun putting together this list, which we hope will inspire more people to use the map and add it to their own local paths. We've picked a broad range of places, from woods to the edge of housing estates to gentle rural hill walks to showcase the potential for the map to help all sorts of walkers to discover exciting new adventures. The new paths include Kelly Law and Fife, Lord Loch and Little Glumgo near Cleish, Perthink and Ross, Craig Rossi slash Build Hill near Ochterarder, also in Perth, and Kinross. Can you say Hillside on the Cairngorms? Woods at Corpac in the West Highlands, Shawwood in Paisley, Renfrewshire, 
Crookston Wood in Glasgow and Philpson Muir in West Lothian. As well as recording these new hidden paths, Ramblers of Scotland volunteers have also audited 13,000 existing map paths totalling around 4,000 miles. The walking charity offers a short free online training to all its mapping volunteers as well as access to its path checking software. Luke added, while the Scottish Pass map is the best ever record of the nation's pass, there's still huge potential for it to be further refined and expanded. It's easy and fun for walkers to record trails using our simple app. Every time a volunteer checks or adds a path, they can take pleasure in knowing they've made it a little easier for others to get healthy and active. You can view the map, discover more about new hidden paths and volunteer at ramblers.org.uk slash scottish hyphen paths map. The online map has proved hugely popular since its launch, racking up more than 113,000 visits. Scottish Pass Map users are urged to exercise caution and remember the Scottish Outdoor Access Code, particularly as path assessments will always be subjective. To make the project a reality, it has received generous funding from players of the People's Postcode Lottery, in addition to a grant from Paths for All Smarter Choices, Smart, Smarter Places, Fund. Charity calls for action and stroke now. The Stroke Association is calling on Scotland's 14 health boards to take immediate action on implementing the Stroke Improvement Plan to address the needs of stroke survivors. With World Stroke Day being held on Sunday, October the 29th, the charity issued a timely plea. The charity also made a Freedom of Information FOI, request and found that only 7.8 clinical slash neuropsychologists had protected time for stroke in the whole country. In addition, the Scottish Stroke Care Audit revealed in June this year that not one health board is delivering specialised psychological care. Anxiety, depression, memory and thinking problems can all be part of the psychological consequences of stroke. It can rob someone of their ability to go back to work, socialise and stay in a relationship. Never mind stripping someone of their confidence. Some people describe the psychological effects of strokes as worse than the physical effects. Last year, the Stroke Association called on the Scottish Government to include in its, in its Stroke Improvement Plan a commitment to treat the psychological effects of stroke and physical effects of stroke with parity. John Watson, the Charities Associate Director in Scotland, said The progress health boards are making to improve psychological services is too slow. Delivering the necessary emotional support for people affected by stroke will involve more investment in the workforce. The inclusion of psychological support in the new stroke plan is an important step, but that aspiration is still a long way from becoming reality. Meeting to increase Scottish exports. The Food and Drink Export Council, FDEC, will hold its first ever meeting in Perth as it aims to boost Scottish food and drink exports. Being held on November 8th during International Trade Week, the meeting is aimed at Scottish food and drink businesses already exporting but looking to expand and grow their exports. The FDEC is a collaborative expert committee comprised of representatives from the Scottish Government, UK Government, Industry and other devolved administrations focused on boosting UK food and drink exports. Their first event is free to attend 
and will comprise sessions on creating strategic export plans, plans, understanding export markets and identifying and building relationships with overseas partners. Malcolm Offord, UK Government Minister for Exports, said, This event will be a big help to any Scottish food and drink exporters who are looking to expand their sales abroad. We know there is a huge demand internationally for the high-quality food and drink we produce here in Scotland, and the FDEC is looking to do all that it can to help businesses take advantage of the opportunities that are out there. The event, hosted at the Black Watch in Perth, will also include a talk from Katie Burrell, the Head of International Sales at Nairn's Oatcakes, who will detail the journeys, the journey of how it became a global exporter. It is being delivered in partnership between the Department for Business and Trade and Scottish Development International, SDI, on behalf of the FDEC. To register, visit the website. Wednesday the 1st of November, District News, Churches. Springfield Cambridge Church Morning worship on Sunday, November the 5th will be conducted by Reverend Ian Taylor, assisted by our probationer, Mrs Julie Harty, in the sanctuary at 11am. We will be joined by the Boys and Girls Brigades for their annual service of dedication. The Sunday school will meet in room 2. Tea and coffee will be served in the Cameron Hall after morning worship. Come along and enjoy the fellowship. No collection is taken during the service, so donations can be made by placing them in the offering plates in the hall of fellowship as you enter or leave the building. Morning worship has also been live-streamed on the Springfield Cambridge Church YouTube channel. A link to this can be found on the Springfield Cambridge Church website www.springfieldcambridge.org.uk and Facebook page where up-to-date information about events and church organisations can also be found. There will be a vestry hour on Wednesday, November the 1st from 10am to 11am for anyone who would like to speak with the minister. There will be a short weekly service of worship in the Springfield Chapel on Wednesday, November the 1st from 11.10am to 11.30am followed by tea and coffee in the Hall of Fellowship. Christmas cards for the Lodging House Mission will be on sale in the Hall of Fellowship for the next few Sundays. Monetary donations will also be gratefully received to help offset the cost of providing meals. Kirkintilla Church of God On Sunday, at Regent Hall, Regent Street, there will be a Friendship Tea Service at 4pm. The speaker will be Ian Lithgow from Kilmarnock. Refreshments will be served after the service. All welcome. Every Wednesday our coffee corner is open from noon to 2pm for home baking and coffee. Join our friends and neighbours for a chat over coffee. For up-to-date and further information on our services, visit our website on www.regenthall.org. The Bible says, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Acts chapter 16 verse 31 Cadder Parish Church Beside the canal, for full details please see our website. We look forward to welcoming you this coming Sunday to our morning service which is at 10.30am in Cadder Parish Church. The service will be led by Reverend John McGregor and Probationer Minister Chris Gordon and Javi Jose Isendo Malo, MMUS. All are welcome. Communion will be served in the church at 10.30am 
and then 3pm in the South Hall. Tea and coffee served after both services. Food bank. If you wish to donate to the local food bank, you can bring your donations of food to the church or the coffee shop. Early Fellowship meets in person in the South Hall Chapel at 9.30am on Tuesday and Thursday, and also on Zoom. For further details, contact the Minister. Our coffee shop is open Tuesday to Thursday at 10am to 2pm, and Friday 10am till noon. Winter warmth is back. The first session is on Friday November the 3rd, from 1.30pm to 3.30pm in Cador South Hall Coffee Shop. Please come and enjoy the warmth and fellowship, as well as games, quizzes, tea and coffee. All are welcome. Please feel free to bring a friend. First Monday meets on Monday, November the 6th in Cador North Hall from 1.30pm to 3.30pm. The speaker is Trisha, updating us on life on the barge. We will also have a game of indoor curling to try, to try which is suitable for all abilities. All are welcome. The Guild meet on Thursday, November the 2nd. Reverend John McGregor speaking on this year's theme, New Wine and New Wineskins. Shoebox Appeal Mary and Rebecca are delighted that 80 boxes have been distributed to be filled. If the boxes could be returned by November the 13th to 19th, the boxes can be left at the South Hall or Church. Thank you in advance. Shop Open Day Saturday, November the 4th from 10am to 1pm, Cather South Hall, Charity Christmas Cards, Large Selection of Gifts, Coffee Shop will be open selling home baking and rolls and baking. Kirk and Talk's Male Voice Choir are in concert at Cather Parish Church on Sunday, November the 19th at 3pm. Donations welcome. All pre- proceeds in aid of the Guide Dogs for the Blind Association. 92nd Glasgow Company, The Girls Brigade, Tuesdays, Explorers P1 to P3, 6.15 to 7.30pm, Juniors, P4 to P7, 6.30 to 8pm, Brigaders, S1 to S6, 7.30 to 9pm, 212th Boys Brigade, Anchor Boys, P1 to 3, Monday 6 to 7pm, Junior section, P4 to 6. Monday, 7.15 to 8.30pm. Company slash senior section, P7 to S6. Friday, 7 to 9pm. Colstonwell Park Church. Colstonwell Park welcomes everyone to their morning service at 11am, which will be led by the Reverend Malcolm Cuthbertson, followed by tea, Coffee and conversation in the church hall after the service. This Monday, the art club is from 10am to 1pm. If interested, give Ramsey a call on 07709-584-680. Don't forget, the Colston Tea Break, our community drop-in, is open this Wednesday from 11am to 12.30pm and is available to all who enjoy good chat and remember, it's free. The food bank is open this Friday from 11am to 1pm and 2pm to 4pm where it continues its essential work within the community. Special thanks to all who assist with this worthwhile work. St James Church, Hilton Road, Bishop Briggs Rector, 
Reverend Canon Paul Watson, 0141-230-4080. There is a communion service on Thursday, November the 2nd at 11am and on Sunday, November the 5th at 9am in the chapel and at 10.30 in the church with hymns. Everyone is welcome to come along to any of these services. Do stay on for tea and coffee and fellowship afterwards. On Sunday, November the 5th, from 3pm to 4pm, there is a session of Crafty Kids in the church hall. All families are very welcome to come along and enjoy activities together. There are also other virtual services and groups. For up-to-date and further information, refer to our social media. Facebook, St James L.S. Bishop Briggs. Website, www.stjamesbishopbriggs.org.uk Lindsay Old Parish Church Sunday worship begins in the church at 11am. A creche is available. Monday evenings at 7.15pm is time out for ladies in the church hall. A social event for all ages. Thursday afternoon club is on Thursday, November the 9th from 2pm to 4pm. Enjoy tea and coffee and home baking followed by a game of Scrabble, Dominoes, Rubicub or Uno. If preferred, you can sit back and chat and or do your knitting. There are books for sale and any donations go to Women's Aid. There is also a church sales table with cards, knitty baby jackets, homemade jam, chutney, etc. Cost £2. The Quilting Craft Group meet every Wednesday, 10am to noon in the session room, currently knitting blankets for the Lodging House Mission. Tuesday, November the 14th, come and sing. The Dementia Friendly Singing Group meets in the Church Hall, 1.15pm to 2.45pm. Scottish Country Dancing, every Thursday, 7.15pm to 9.30pm in the Church Hall. Come along for fun, fitness and friendship. You will be made very welcome. Lindsay Union Parish Church. Sunday Worship on Sunday, November the 5th. is at 11am, led by the Reverend Dan Carmichael. There is tea and coffee in the new hall after the service. Young people are also welcome to Lighthouse and Bible class. A live stream of the service is available on YouTube via our website. Craft Cafe on Tuesday, November the 7th from 2pm to 4pm in the new hall will be stitching squares to make blankets for the lodging house mission. The meeting opens up for tea and coffee and home baking every Wednesday 10am to noon in the new hall. Everyone from the very young to the young at heart, is welcome to attend. We also have a good selection of greetings cards and second-hand books for sale. The Bridge Club is meeting in the New Hall 1pm to 3pm. Youth Cafe, Thursdays 3.45pm to 5pm. A place where young people can hang out, relax and have a good time after a long day at school. Each week there is a free snack, with lots of different things to do, such as games consoles, table tennis, arts and crafts, board games, etc. The coffee pot is open on Fridays 10am until noon in the new hall for teas, coffee and chat. Messy Church is on Saturday November 11th from 4 to 5pm. Everyone is welcome to come along to a fun-filled hour. Challenges, crafts and experiments. Please book a place so if arrangements alter, we can contact you. Text 07774 192 659
became your parish church. Jim Wright and Fiona Young will lead our Sunday morning service beginning at 11am. Visitors to the area can always expect a warm welcome when they come to our Sunday morning worship. Teas and coffees and a time of fellowship follows at the end of the service. Our services are live streamed on YouTube. You can find our channel by simply searching for Kim Your Bishop Briggs on YouTube. Details of all of our groups that are currently running may be found on our website kimyour-church.co.uk To find us on Facebook, just search for Kim Your Parish Church. If you would like to join our WhatsApp group or receive the Bible studies from ABC, then email us at kimyourchurch at sign icloud.com Wednesday the 1st of November District News General Holyrood View Supporting Our Vulnerable Youth by Rona Mackay MSP It's hard enough adjusting to living life independently when you are young but for care experienced young people with no family support the challenges both financially and emotionally can be overwhelming. That's why I'm delighted the SNP Scottish Government is making a one-off £2,000 payment available to young people leaving the care system. First Minister Hunza Yousaf announced the payment last week following the independent care review's findings that those with care experience have an increased risk of poor mental health, addiction, homelessness and exploitation. It has been co-designed with care experienced people themselves to ensure that it meets their needs and helps to reduce some of the financial impediments in their way. The Scottish Government is committed to keeping the promise by 2030 to all children and young people leaving care and part of that is ensuring they are supported on their journey into adulthood. The care leave for payment will make a real difference to the lives of young people in my constituency of Strathkelvin and Bearsden and beyond. It has been a very busy month in my constituency. It's always a pleasure to celebrate the success of local pupils and I was delighted to be asked along to the senior prize giving at St Ninian's High at Kirkintilloch along with my colleague, Eastern Bartlett MP Amy Callahan. It was a wonderful evening, so many talented students achieving academic excellence. The musical performances were outstanding too and the ethos of this fantastic school shone brightly. It was also terrific to be invited along to the Scottish Union of Supported Employment Scotland, SUSE, at Kirkintilloch to hear about its vital work promoting inclusion and diversity in the workforce. It's so important that disabled people and those with long-term health conditions have the opportunity of fulfilling working life. SUSE is hosting an Inclusive Employers Week this month, from November the 13th to 17th, where local firms can take part in a week of bite-sized online information sessions and training. Find out more at suse.org.uk If you need any assistance, contact my team on 0141 776 1561 or email rona.mackay.msp at parliament.com That's r-o-n-a dot M-E-C-K-A-Y dot M-S-P at sign P-A-R-L-I-A-M-E-N-T dot C-O-M Jarvis is a real friendly lad. Meet Jarvis, a a charming seven-year-old crossbreed 
whose friendly and playful nature is sure to win your heart. Jarvis makes friends with everyone wherever he goes. He's full of energy and enjoys exploring and investigating during his walks. While he's super playful, he can be a bit nervous around other dogs, so he thrives on walks in peaceful and quiet areas. Car rides are an exciting prospect for Jarvis, as he's always ready for new adventures. He likes to play a game with his bouncy ball. In the garden, he's a true ball-chasing champion, and he can spend hours playing with his toys. If you can provide the right home for Jarvis, contact the West Calder Rehoming Centre on 01506 873459 Scotland Creative Writing Competition The actor Peter Capaldi will return to host the 8th edition of Voices, the National Creative Writing Competition for Children in Care and Young Care Leavers run by Corum Voice. The competition is sponsored by UK management consultancy Cadence Innova. It's now open for entries until the 17th of December 2023. Winners will be announced at an award ceremony hosted by Peter, alongside former competition winner Claire Wilden in early 2024. Coram Voice, a leading charity championing the rights of care experienced children and young people, is calling on all children and young people in and around the care system to enter the competition and get their voices heard. The theme of this year's competition is What Makes Me Different? And entries can be in any written form including poems, short stories, raps or newspaper articles with a 500 word limit. There are four age categories. Primary school, 5 to 10. Lower secondary school, aged 11 to 14. Upper secondary school, aged 15 to 17. And care leavers, aged 18 to 25. Entries will be judged by an expert panel of acclaimed children's authors, some of whom are care experienced. Previous judges include the former children's laureate Lauren Child, Waterstones Children's Book Award winner Patches Lawrence, and the multi-award winning children's author Jarvis. Judges for the 2024 edition are due to be announced shortly, alongside a group of young judges who were finalists in previous years of the competition. The Voices Award Ceremony will also be co-hosted by Claire Wilden, a former Voices winner and young judge. Peter Capaldi said, I'm delighted to be hosting the Voices 2024 Awards Ceremony alongside one of the competition's former winners, Claire. I've been proud to support the competition for many years and it's always an honour to meet the young writers, hear their stories and celebrate their achievements. I'm always blown away by the talent of all the children and young people who take part and I can't wait to see the entries this year. I wish all of our writers the best of luck. Entries can be submitted online at quorumvoice.org.uk slash voices until December the 17th, 2023. Visit quorumvoice.org.uk slash voices that's c-o-r-a-m-v-o-i-c-e dot org.uk slash v-o-i-c-e-s Public Notices Planning Notices Eastern Bartonshire Council Public Notices The Eastern Bartonshire Council Campsey Road, Kirk and Tullock Temporary Closure Order 2023 On the 31st of October 2023, 
The Eastern Bartonshire Council made the above named order under Section 14 brackets 1 of the Road Traffic Regulation Act 1984 as amended, which makes it unlawful for any person to drive or cause or permit to be driven any motor vehicle with the exception of emergency service vehicles, vehicles engaged in the works, and those vehicles requiring access to properties and land adjacent to the closed section of road when it is safe and practical to do so, on Campsie Road, Kirkintilloch, between its junction with the vehicular access to Royal Mail and the vehicular access to Haston Golf Club, by reason of works being executed on or near this road. This order will operate from 8am on Sunday the 12th of November until 6pm on Sunday the 19th of November 2023. Alternative route The alternative route for vehicles will be way of Campsie Road, the B822 Campsie Road, the A891 Campsie Road in Lennox Town and Milton of Campsie, the B757 Birdston Road in Milton of Campsie, the B757 Milton Road, the A803 Glasgow Road in Kirkintilloch, the A803 Kirkintilloch Road, the A807 Torrance Road, the B822 Main Street in Torrance, and these routes will be signposted. Karen Donnelly, Chief Solicitor and Monitoring Officer, Legal and Regulatory Services, Eastern Bartonshire Council, 12 Strathkelvin Place, Kirkintilloch, G66 1TJ. Notice for Local Newspapers on the 11th of October 2023, Eastern Bartonshire Licensing Board approved its statement for licensing policy for 2023 to 2028. This has been published and takes effect from the 5th of November 2023 and, subject to a review, will remain in place until 18 months after the next ordinary local government elections. A copy of the Statement of Licensing Policy can be downloaded from www.eastonbarton.gov.uk forward slash business forward slash licensing hyphen permits forward slash licensing hyphen board. Hard copies may also be inspected free of charge by making an appointment with customer services to attend a community hub and can also be inspected free of charge in local libraries. The customer service team can be contacted by telephone on 0300-123-4510, Monday to Friday from 9am until 5pm. The email for the customer service team is customerservices at eastonbarton.gov.uk Members' Surgeries Councillors' Arrangements for Interviewing Residents Ward 7, Kirkintilloch East and North and Twicker Councillor Stuart MacDonald 8th of November 2023 
The Hub William Patrick Library, Service Room 1, 5.30pm until 6pm. 8th of November 2023, Hairstains Huts, 6.15pm until 6.45pm. Ward 7, Kirkintulloch East and North and Twicker, Councillor Susan Murray. 11th of November 2023, Hillhead Community Centre, 9.30am until 11am. 11th of November 2023, Twicker Healthy Living and Enterprise Centre, 11.30am until 1pm. Between surgeries, counsellors can be contacted at the Members Support Unit on 0300-123450. That phone number again is 0300-123450. Planning Applications Format Application number followed by address slash location, followed by proposal, followed by type of advert, followed by period of reps. TP slash ED slash 23 slash 0581. 37 Kerr Street, Kirk Eastern Bartonshire. G66 1LF Replace aluminum windows with new UPVC windows. Remove door and window for new UPVC French doors. Section 65 Affecting CA 21 dates The application plans and other documents can be viewed online through the Council's website. The current restrictions on non-essential office work associated with the coronavirus pandemic means that plans cannot be viewed in council offices as normal. Written comments may be made within the above period to the council through the council's website or to the above address. Any representations will be treated as public documents and made available for inspection by interested parties and may also be published on the council's website. Mally is crowned Scottish champ. An article written by Ali Black. An article written by Ali Black and read by me, Corey. It has been a hard few years for Kirk and Tulloch Amateur Boxing Club due to the pandemic and some other issues. But it has managed to come out of the other end and now boasts a Scottish champion in its ranks. Three members of the club were fighting in the Boxing Scotland National Championships, Development A and B Championships, earlier this month. Owen Malley boxed brilliantly against Luke Curran at 67kg with great movement, and uppercuts pushing him into the semi-final. In the semi-final, Malley came out landing great uppercuts and left hooks with the referee stopping the contest after giving his Port Glasgow opponent two standing counts. The final saw Malley take on the heavy-handed Finn McIntosh of St Francis Boxing Club in Dundee, who had also stopped his opponent in the semis. However, due to the slickness and boxing ability of Malley, 
who kept to his boxing with a long jab, he made it hard for the fighter to beat the boxer yet again. At the end, Mali came out on top, winning a split decision to be crowned the new Scottish welterweight champion. Taylor Ferns boxed Josh Usher at 57kg and won over three rounds to move into the semi-finals. There he faced Josh Burnside and while his coaches had Ferns winning fight, a split decision saw the fight go the way of his opponent, who would go on to be crowned Scottish champion. In his first fight, Ryan Gourley lost to eventual finalist Finlay Millen over three rounds, but it was great experience and can hold his head high. Well done to all the boys who boxed over the last two weekends. All the coaches are really proud of you. A big thanks to the sponsors who helped support the boys. PDG Joinery and Granite Services and Customique Limited. And to Hugh and Liz Doherty for keeping the club afloat and all the volunteer coaches who help keep the young boys off the streets. That article was written by Ali Black and read by me, Corey. Four more head for the exit after title victory. An article written by Phil Lanning and read by me, Corey. Glasgow Tigers boss, Cammy Brown, has confirmed that four more of the championship title-winning team will not return in 2024. It was already known Tom Brennan will not be back at Ashfield, but it has now been revealed Ben Basso, Vadim Tarasenko, Klaus Vizing and Marcin Nowak have also exited. Brown admits it has been an emotional time to lose the riders who brought the title back to Glasgow. He said, I know this is a hard situation for everyone at the club. It has been difficult for the management and I know the fans will be as disappointed as us. It will be a challenging close season for all clubs in team building and we've had to make some difficult decisions. In truth, we didn't want to lose any of our title winning side. But Speedway doesn't work like that as we all know. Ben certainly didn't want to leave, but he wants his career to progress in Poland, and his team want him to practice on Saturday mornings. That was an impossible hurdle. He is heartbroken to leave. If it wasn't for that situation, I'm sure he would still be here. He is like a brother to me, and he will return to Ashfield one day. Ben promised to stay and won the title, and he stuck to his word. He has had two sensational seasons of progress with us, and has become one of the best riders in the championship. It's much the same situation with Vadim. He loved his time at Ashfield. He enjoyed the spirit of the club. He was outstanding with such great levels of professionalism. To turn up on his debut at pole and do the job he did in the final was unforgettable. I think he was surprised by the passion by everyone. 
He sent us a lovely message in our WhatsApp group. He would have stayed if the circumstances were right. It was also such a hard decision to leave out Klaus. He did his job and it was hugely frustrating not to have his scoring power in the playoffs. Marson naturally cannot return for the same reasons as how he had to leave with Polish commitments. That is the same situation for Ben and Vadim. We will never forget what these guys did and are always welcome back at the club. They've written their names into history for the Tigers. That article was written by Phil Lanning and read by me, Corey. Ashfield boss is hoping to cause an upset in Junior Cup. This article is unattributed, but it was read by me, Corey. Ashfield boss Michael Oliver is looking forward to the test of WOS Premier Division opposition on Saturday as his side hosts Largs Thistle in the second round of the Scottish Junior Cup. They go into the tie on a high, having moved into the top half of the First Division table with a 3-0 win away to St Rocks as Bobby Barr grabbed a double and Sean Doherty was also on target. Oliver said, It was a game for rolling your sleeves up and digging in. We didn't score the first goal until the 45th minute, so that tells you there wasn't much in the first half. But I thought we were excellent and it was a great day. The large game will be different. We are back at home. It will be on an astral pitch. So it will be a different type of challenge. And obviously it is a premier division club. So they are going to the game as favourites. It is a game we are looking forward to. It is good to test yourself against opposition in the higher leagues. We also acquitted ourselves pretty well in those types of games last year, so hopefully we'll look to do that again against Largs and get ourselves into the next round. Peters Hill dropped out of the top three in the first division as they were held 3-3 at home to bottom of the table Willits Victoria, with Connor Higgins, Cameron McNeil and Dominic Morgan getting the goals. Kirkintilloch Rob Roy lost 1-0 away to Auchinleck Talbot in the Premier Division and will look to move out of the bottom three when they host Gart Cairn on Saturday. Caledonian Locomotives made it four wins in a row in the second division with a 5-3 win away to Glasgow Persher. A Taylor Wright double was added to by Connor McIntyre, Connor McLaughlin and Ryan Millen for Cali, while Sean Hanlon, William McGowan and Dean Nielsen found the net for Shire. Cali host Carnoustie Panmuir in the third round of the Scottish Junior Cup on Saturday, while Shire welcome Craig Mark Bartonians in the league. Rossville went down 3-2 away to Campbelldown Pupils in the 4th Division. Their goals coming from David Dodds and Mark Russell. 
Rossville women maintained a commanding lead in the championship with a 4-0 at home to Edinburgh City. Glasgow are back in SWPL1 action on Saturday as they travel to Hearts. That concludes this week's edition of the Kirkendall Herald podcast. Please remember to subscribe to our channels at Coon Review and to tell your friends about our service.